What's up, everybody? My name is Will. Welcome back to Thoughts Account. Play my music, man. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Will. I'm happy you're here. I appreciate you tuning in for another episode. Hope you guys all had a great fourth. Uh, I personally did too. Spent some time out on the lake, spent some time with family, and uh, and spent some great time with friends as well. So I hope that you guys also had a great fourth. But let's get into it. Today, we are going to be talking about self-discipline. Yes, that's right. That thing that we all struggle with, right? Now, I'm sure we've all been there where we're lacking self-discipline. You know, we can only access our hard work when we really need to, right? Whether it be a due date is coming up or we can somehow work for eight hours when we have a job. But then when it comes to something creative or productive in our personal time or in time that we don't have to, be productive, that we just can't seem to access that same level of productivity. So in this episode, we're going to talk about um, self-discipline and ways that you can be more self-disciplined in your personal life. Because when it comes down to it, nothing in life happens without action, right? We talked last episode about how you can stir up your own luck with, you know, just working your butt off and creating lots of energy. Well, the driving force behind that energy work, that, that stirring up of energy is discipline. It's being able to do what you need to do when you need to do it, regardless of if you want to or you feel like it or not. And discipline tends to have a negative connotation. So it makes it a less enjoyable thing to try to engage in as well. Because, you know, from a young age, we're told that, you know, if you discipline a child, that's, you know, a bad thing. You know, they have to get in trouble and they have to get a scolding and, you know, they have to be, you know, punished essentially to be disciplined. Now, the other side of the negative connotation is Typically, it's realizing the lack of discipline that you really have, which can be a repeating cycle where, you know, you realize that you need to be more disciplined. You try to make more disciplined actions and then they don't work and then you feel bad about it. So uh, these are all the things that we're seeking to tackle with this episode. And it's really interesting because discipline, you know, at its core is just control over impulses and control over action. But the thing that people don't really realize is that there is actually a disconnect between their mind and their body. And this is something that's that's weird, is that, you know, we're thinking that, okay, our mind and body are all one together, it's me. But in reality, there can be a disconnect between your body and your mind. I mean, an example of this would be, <clears throat> how often do you know, like, hey, you know what, I need to get this done, but I don't have a deadline for it. Why don't you just complete that whole task right now and finish it? It's because of that disconnect that you can't get that all done right now especially when there's a no deadline. You, you'll be like, well, I, I still got time to do it. I still got time. I still got more time to, you know, relax. I'm going to relax right now and then I'll, and I'll do it. And this is that disconnect because your true intention is that you want to get the task done, but you can't get your body to do it. But times when you're feeling lazy and times when you don't feel like doing a task, that is the time when self-discipline is the most important. But today I got six tips for you to help you become a more disciplined person. And these are actionable steps that you can add to your daily life that will help you not only get things done, but it'll make it easier for you to um, engage in self-discipline so that it's less of a painful, shameful process. So tip number one is focus on the opportunity, not the obligation. So what I mean by that is whenever you sit down to work, whenever you sit down to do whatever you need to do, focus on the reward that's coming. Focus on the reason that you're doing the work in the first place. I mean, use a real simple example for this one. Say you got homework, right? And you have to get that homework done, obviously. The opportunity would be that you're working towards a degree or a diploma, 
and you'll be able to make money off of that knowledge later. Not only that, you know, there's also, of course, very sentimental or personal reasons that you would go to get a degree, but the obligation would be that, you know, I have to go through all these problems and I have to write this whole paper and I have to, you know, do research, yada, yada. And it makes it harder to do that. It makes it harder to do that work when you know that it's work after work after work. But if you consider it as, okay, this homework will eventually get me a stable job. It'll get me a good paycheck and it'll lead me to the life that I want to live. Then it makes it a little bit easier to incentivize that work. And you know how much we love to use vulnerable and personal examples on the show. So for the personal example, I'll say that frankly, I don't particularly love to plan these whole episodes out because of course, you know, it's time consuming and it takes writing and it's not my favorite part of the entire process. But of course, if I don't do that, then it gets a little bit rambly and um, it's less structured and I don't get the points across the way that I want to get the points across. So it's a necessary evil, right? I'm being dramatic, obviously. But the opportunity over the obligation in this is that I get to deliver this podcast to you guys and I get to talk to people about the podcast and um, people will reach out to me and talk to about talk. People will reach out to me and talk to me about these ideas and I get to be in front of the camera. So those are all uh, parts that you know, I very much enjoy that keep me going and allow me to, um, do this podcast. So it really is the people that listen to my podcast every week and feel the comfort to reach out to me and discuss the topics that really keep me going. So I appreciate you guys. And that makes it very easy to continue to do this and have a great time doing it. But moving on, we'll go on to step two and that's do the small things really well. Now, the way that the small things will help, um, this whole self-discipline picture that we're painting here is, um, Not only will it make more advanced techniques easier, but it will also streamline your process, generally speaking. So again, with this, with this podcast, before I'd mastered the basics of filmmaking and writing a good episode and, um, lighting even, um, it would take me a long time to put these episodes out because I wasn't as good at the skill of filmmaking or even podcast creation when I was just doing the audio. Shout out my OG audio only fans. <laughs> but an example of this that I like to use in as far as society goes is Kobe Bryant. He was a perfect example of this. Um, doing the small things well. I like, guess he had some flashy elements to his game. And yes, he was one of the greatest. But it was because he was willing to do the small things. He was willing to go into the gym uh, when nobody else was there and do the same move over and over. I was listening to this interview. Um, I forget who the star was um, that they were interviewing, but... Um, he said that he you know, witnessed Kobe for for over an hour just doing the same move over and over and over and over again with no with no break, no switching of the plan. He just did the same move over and over and over again so that when he did it in the game, it would be perfected and it would be very easy to replicate. So think about ways that you can um, apply this mindset to your craft, whatever it is, whether it be your job or your career or um, just a hobby. Um, a side hustle also and think about ways that you can master the small details I know it may not be the most flashy aspect of whatever it is but a lot of times a lot of small things will equate to a large thing the third tip is design your environment for the task at hand so this one's a real easy one and this is one that we've talked about before but in your workspace you should try to minimize and limit the amount of distractions that there are so for me personally When I know that I have a lot of work to get done, I have to put my phone away. I can't keep it near me. 
I know that I don't have the self-control to um, not be looking at it. And I'm sure you guys have all been there too, where you're, you know, you're working, you pick up your phone and you are suddenly down a rabbit hole of social media. And this got so bad for me actually, um, that a few times I've noticed that I pick up my phone to look at something specifically, get distracted by the notifications. And then I set my phone down and I didn't even do the thing that I had picked my phone up to do, which is so frustrating because <laughs> there's so many different ways to waste time on your phone and it's so easy to get locked in for a good 20 minutes and you're like oh geez at the low end right but this doesn't just apply to distractions either say you have a goal to you know lose weight do you keep sweets around do you keep unhealthy foods around and in a time that you're trying to lose weight or become more toned or build muscle or whatever you're trying to do. And sometimes you can even get creative with this kind of stuff. So um, one thing that I've been trying to do recently is when I don't feel like getting up and working out in the morning, um, I'll just either sleep in like gym shorts or I'll have my gym clothes really close by to my bed. So I get up, put gym clothes on, and I'm not just going to wear gym clothes all day long for no reason. So it's kind of like one of those things that just incentivizes me to go to the gym and do my workouts. Uh, tip number four is find ways to get started. This is a big one um, because a lot of times we find that, especially when we're procrastinating, that getting started is the hardest part. But once we get into the work, it's not so bad, right? But it's just getting started. And the big part of this one is fighting those impulses that stop you from doing it. It's literally just getting past the first wall. So I use a couple of techniques to incentivize getting started. Uh, in my day-to-day -day life. Um, the first one is uh, one that we've talked about before, a Pomodoro. So um, I've been I've been kind of testing which level of Pomodoro I like the best. I've done um, 30 minutes of work with a five minute break in between. Um, but the one I think I found most effective, the one I think I found most effective was a 50 and 10. Um, now for all you math guys out there, um, you'll realize that the 30 and 5 is probably a little bit more efficient than a 50 and 10. But I'm kind of one of those guys that once you get into it, then I'll keep working. I was, I was, when I was testing the 30 minute Pomodoros, I was finding I would hit that 30 minute mark and I'd be like, well, I, I'm still like in, in my zone right now. I can keep working. And then pulling yourself out of it for five minutes to go back into it. Uh, it just wasn't really working for me that well. But being able to incentivize only having to work for 50 minutes, not even a whole hour, um, does make uh, the working process a lot easier. The other part or the other tip that I use within, you know, this finding ways to start is I also, um, as childish as it sounds, use countdowns. Like I'm starting in three, two, one, and I'll go and I'll just do it, right? So especially when I'm not feeling like doing work and uh, scrolling through, you know, whatever social media, uh, I'll just be like, you know what? Nope. I'm done with this. Close the app. I just, of course, flick it away. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go sit at my desk and I'm going to start working in three, two, one. And then I go do it. Now this probably does sound a bit old school and a bit childish, but it's very effective because if you think about it, since from a young age, we've had that structure drilled into our heads, right? <laughs> And when you think about the way that this has been hardwired into our brain, I think we've all had our moms say something along the lines of, I'm going to count to three and you better be fill in the blank with whatever she wants you to do. <laughs> oh, and we used to be absolutely pressed as kids when you hear the one, 
to... <laughs> We're just sprinting around the house trying to pick everything up and <laughs> get back to... You guys, know what the... you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, and God forbid she gets dad involved. Okay. That, anyway, this is, a, <laughs> this is a different topic. <laughs> Another personal example with this, though, is um, uh, I had to have an uncomfortable conversation with my boss. And uh, I really just didn't want to do it. I was getting a bunch of anxiety about the topic. And I, I literally had tried a couple of times to like, insta- like start the conversation. It just didn't work. So what I did was I counted, to, I said three, two, one, and I just started walking towards her desk, right? Hadn't really even thought of what I was going to say yet. I mean, I had previously, but at that moment I was just locked up, but it was very effective in starting the conversation because I walked all the way over to her desk and I can't just stand there and say nothing. So uh, I just got it out at that way. Um, so actually try this. It does sound childish, but it, it is incredibly effective to get things done and just be like, we're starting in three, two, one, and go do it. Remember, I mean, action creates action and inaction creates more inaction. Moving on though. All right, tip number five, five, is it five, right? You guys keeping track? Five, is that, is that right? Okay, good. Look for ways to simplify your process. Now, especially in the, in this day and age with you know, hustling and grinding your way to the top and getting it out the mud, you find that you don't stop and think. You don't stop and consider, okay, what's the direction that I'm actually going in, right? We talk about the ladder on you know, different sides of the buildings. But as important as it is to work hard, it's also important to work smart. So if you're consistently looking for ways to simplify your process, you'll find that it's easier to continue to do it in the first place. So like I said, like I said earlier in this episode with this podcast, you know, as I was making this podcast, I was looking for ways to simplify the process. And that allowed me to create more episodes that, that allowed me to create episodes more frequently. And it also allowed me to add better elements to my videos and to you know make a video in the first place. And that way I actually was decreasing the total work so that when I had to come to sit down to work, it wasn't like I was preparing for a 20 hour process. So making that process easier and simpler will also make it more enjoyable that will allow you to get into it easier and then do it more consistently. Now, this last one on being more self-disciplined is probably my favorite and it's um, get an accountability partner. Now, if you, if you need an accountability partner, you can always hit me up because I'm growing, I'm growing with my community base. Um, we're all, we're all growing and improving together, which I absolutely love. Um, but get an accountability partner, get somebody that you feel comfortable with, find a friend and commit to an improvement together. Now, the easiest example for me to think about is going to the gym. Get a gym partner. It makes the process more enjoyable. Uh, You'll work harder because you want to impress slash outdo them. And uh, you know that you don't want to let them down by not going or not showing up. I mean, this one has so many benefits. It's really really good stuff for self-discipline to have an accountability partner. Now, realistically speaking, if I'm being honest, you should be working towards you know, having the same level of respect for yourself that you would have for somebody else, right? You know, if you think, if you think too hard about this, um, because you don't want to let them down, but you'd be willing to let yourself down. Anyway, that's a different topic where <laughs> stay tuned for the self-respect episode, <laughs> but regardless of how this or how or why this works, getting a partner does help you be more self-disciplined because they do keep you accountable and they make the process more enjoyable. And the thing is this partner doesn't even have to do the activity with you. In that example, I use a gym partner who goes to the gym with you but it can be as simple as having somebody just check in on you and see how far you've done and 
to recognize the amount of progress that you're making because whether we want to admit it or not, when we're working on something, we do want someone to kind of offer a little bit of validation for the things that we're doing and see some of the cool aspects of the things that we're doing. So I actually do this with my girlfriend. I have her check in on the things that I do and um, she keeps me in check because uh, when she asks, I want to have something to tell her and show her about what I've done. And I'm obviously not going to lie to her about the stuff that I'm doing. Also, if you're doing that, don't do that. Tell the truth. Relationships are built on trust. That's another episode. But honestly, it does, uh, it does work very effectively to be like, okay, she keeps me in check. I want to have stuff to show her and I'm not going to lie about something I didn't do. If you want to be really extreme with your accountability partner, um, if you really want to, and this is, it's a go out of the way thing, but it's also an incredibly effective encouragement thing. And I'll use the gym example for this one, but tell your, tell your gym accountability partner, whether they're going with you or not say, Hey, I'm going to go out to the gym. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym four or five days this week. And every day I'm going to send you a picture. Every day I don't send you that picture. or I don't go to the gym. I'll give you $5. So that accountability partner is going to continue to check in on you because they want that $5. They want you to miss. And you're going to go to the gym because you don't want to pay that dude or girl $5. I guarantee that'd be an incredibly effective way to get your butt to the gym. But that is going to take us to the weekly takeaway. This week's weekly takeaway is short and sweet. And it's this, the more self-discipline you have, the more stuff that you can get done and the more stuff that you can get done, the closer you get to living the life that you know you can live. But that's going to do it for this episode. I thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you found something that you can add to your life or to the life of somebody around you. Please share this episode so someone else can listen and enjoy as well. You know what we're building here. Community. <laughs> that's a fadeaway community for you guys. <laughs> so subscribe, follow, do all that great stuff. We're making it great. I thank you. I appreciate you. This has been Will with Thoughts of the Count. <laughs> See you next time. Click here to watch another episode. I would love it if you did because it's really good. It's I promise it'll be worth your time. Put a lot of effort into it. Go ahead. Click it. It's right there. And I'll see you over there. Love you.